0: Theorizing that podcast audiences wanted to listen to two grown men talk about time travel, Nate Bowden and Brian Martin started a show dedicated to Quantum Leap. Together, they explore NBC's revival of the franchise, starring Raymond Lee and Caitlin Bassett, and its connections to the original series. They also examine spin offs, such as novels and comics, as well as some mirror images in the form of television shows and movies that share creative DNA. With the adventures of Sam Beckett and Ben Song. And so Nate and Brian find themselves leaping from topic to topic, striving to make sense of it all, and hoping each time that their next episode will be the one that goes viral.
1: Oh boy, it's a Quantum Leap podcast. My name is Nate. And striving to put right what's wrong with this podcast, it's Brian Martin. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Mid-season finale, they call it. Yeah, it is
0: officially a mid-season finale. They're already shooting new episodes. And I think they're optimistic about new episodes returning in late January, early February.
1: So well,
0: that's not it, ultimately, bad. it could just look like a normal winter
1: hiatus. Yeah, okay, well, good. And we've got a few things... That we can do between now and then to get us through the winter season. Yeah, and to get you guys through. That's right. I've unwrapped yet another lollipop here. Oh, boy, from your kid's stash, huh? You stole more candy from your kid. Exactly, yes. But this one's Christmas. Like, from school, you know, they get these goodie bags. I'm like, oh, oh okay. it's a Christmas party on the last day of school. <laughs>
0: he didn't catalog all of this? Like, my kid would know if something was missing.
1: Oh, he handed this to me.
0: My oh, son does nice not
1: like the Tootsie Pop. Oh, wow. Right?
0: That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm, I'm amazed by? My son will actually give me Reese's Cups because he knows I like them. And Aww. he likes them too, but he knows they're my favorite. So he'll always
1: give me those. Well, there you go. That means you're doing something right, I think. Exactly one thing. is <laughs> That's it. <laughs> one big thing. <laughs> Parenting is hard. Sure is. Whew. At any rate, yeah, Quantum Leap. You know, it was the big one. They pulled out all the stops for the oh. mid-season finale. Oh, man. Did they ever.
0: I'm going tell you about this episode. All right. So, like... I, yeah, that's this, what we're
1: going to do. <laughs>
0: this, this, is, this week has been just, like, one thing after the other. There has been no relief for me. It's been a busy week. Just swamped with things left and right. And then all of a sudden, like Mana from Heaven, this episode descends... <laughs> upon my week and was like a healing balm i would say on my soul uh, oh when I watched wow it, when i sat down and watched it you put the bomb on who told you to put the bomb on i didn't tell you to put the bomb on why'd you put the bomb on you haven't even been to see the doctor if you're gonna put a bomb on let a doctor put a bomb on.
1: that is uh high praise i had strong feelings about this one man okay well that's good general feelings yeah i i felt pretty good about this one myself But yeah, I think the conversation will weed out some of the things that maybe I was tripping over. Okay. But I think we started and ended pretty strong, if I had to say so. Yes. This is the big Egypt episode. Let's just dive into it here. Who accepted the nudge this week, Brian? The year is 1961. Ben has leaped into Michael Allison
0: an undercover CIA analyst based out of London who has been drawn to Cairo after receiving an anonymous cable from a mysterious woman named Layla, who seeks safe passage to the U.S. in exchange for intel on enemy agents. Ben's mission, should he choose to accept it, is to help a cantankerous CIA agent ferret out a (laughs) mole in the embassy and ensure that Layla makes it out of Cairo alive. It's a tall order, but fortunately, Ben has help, and I'm not just talking about Addison, who returns as
1: his hologram this week. Now, you told me you didn't polish your notes, but you just used the word cantankerous. Oh, I definitely worked on that part.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this episode is titled Nomad. It's written by Dean Giorgaris, directed by Chris Grismer, who, you may recall, Dean Giorgaris, his Soul sole writing credit, where he's not credited alongside somebody else, was S.O.S. Mm-hmm. Chris Grismer directed S.O.S. Right. Along with Closure Encounters, O Ye of Little Faith, and What a Disaster. Yeah. So, as this show goes, that is a fine pedigree.
1: Yeah, that's the all-star cast right there. Yes. I did notice, and I pulled up my corkboard a little early this time, so I was ready. Yeah, S.O.S., how are you feeling about that? Just that uh, this, straight comparison. All right. So this episode, for me, it had it all. It had
0: cool espionage stuff, mm-hmm. pretty effective action sequences, some fun callbacks, romance, absolutely yeah. stunning cinematography. Yeah. Humor. A lot of the comedy beats land. Yeah. And it was another example of an episode where the supporting cast is used functionally within the leap and sparingly um, and sparingly. Yes. Every time we see that cast in 2026, it is with intent. Yeah. For the most. It, part. That's a good way to put it. It's and,
1: meaningful yeah. in some regard for sure. And so I came out of this
0: one, man, this was squeaky clean for me, man. Like I really, really liked this one. Yeah. So all that being said is, I'm going to let it sit, but this might be better than SOS for me.
1: That might be true for me as well. Kind of trying to parse it through in my mind right now, but it really comes down to the love story in this for me.
0: Okay. Is it
1: working? Is it not? That is the primary focus of this episode, even though the espionage is there. There's a solid 10 minutes in this episode where we think the leap is over, and,
0: uh... All we're focused on is really the relationship between Ben and Hannah. Right. So, yeah, that is 100% the main focus of
1: this episode. This one got two watches from me, also. You know, the first time I watched it, I felt like maybe that romance stuff was laying on a little thick, but on a second watch, again, I think it's just firing on all cylinders. Really? Yeah. I mean... I, I think it hangs on a line that hannah says at one point during this episode i will say just to cut you off there i will say basically every note that i put down here is a line of dialogue yeah so i want to talk about when they said this i want to talk about when they said that dialogue really really sharp and you're right hannah's got some of the more meaningful things to say in this episode i think
0: Yeah. So kind of trucking through this episode, Ben, immediately, as we saw in the previous episode, he's in the shadow of pyramids at the beginning of this episode. Like the show already looks (laughs) like like a big budget movie, like it looks uh, incredible. And I I kept thinking back to the episode (laughs) in the shoe store like four weeks ago (laughs) and I'm like, wow, look at how far we've come, you know?
1: Yeah, really. It's a far cry from a night in Koreatown. Yeah. I think where they cut that budget went to this episode, for sure. Certainly. Certainly. I think we kind of speculated
0: that a bit earlier in the season, that some of these episodes maybe looked like bottle episodes because budgetarily they had blown their money going out to Egypt.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are... Multiple scenes in multiple episodes that are basically just like black rooms and they spotlight certain things. And in this episode, Ben is walking around in front of the goddamn
0: Sphinx. Yeah. It's really the Sphinx. (laughs) Yeah. I'm impressed with the level of access they had to these historical sites.
1: Well, it's one of the easier leap ins, I would say. He's got a moment to think. You know, nothing awkward happening. when he... All of
0: the critical information is right there in his wallet. <laughs> yep. he, he really finds it out the same way he did in Closure Encounters. You know, he just looks in, he finds an ID badge, he finds a driver's license in this one, and he knows who he is. Now, he doesn't know. In a yet. hotel key. He f- finds a hotel key. And I love that, right?
1: Yeah.
0: It's like a clue, almost, to right. where am I supposed to go. And a lot of the stuff in this early episode, you're trying to parse out who's being straight with him, who's not...
1: Yeah, and, Addison uh, points out that in this world of espionage, everybody is the opposite of him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I you thought can't that was pretty. Anyone,
0: I thought that was a pretty great observation. Yeah.
1: So Ben takes this
0: key and goes to a hotel in Cairo and finds who other? I like. I knew this was going to be the Egypt episode. I knew Hannah was going to be in it. I did not know that Lou Diamond Phillips was going to be in that? this episode, folks. He's a senior CIA agent sitting in the lobby of this hotel and I was like, wait, is that Lou diamond Phillips? <laughs> and by God, he's it
1: unmistakable was, to me. Yeah. It's
0: been a few years since I've seen him. He's got glasses, you know, he's, he's kind of facial hair, you know, he was a spy. We didn't really get a good angle on him cause they're kind of playing it up that this is like, Yeah, but you know, his like, voice is a little bit unmistakable
1: oh, yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. Once
0: he started talking, I was like, okay, that's Lou diamond Phillips. Michael Allison has been summoned to Cairo by a mysterious operative and doesn't really know who this person is. And in the original history, Addison reveals, Michael never made contact with this person. He's an analyst, right? This is Michael Allison's chance to get out on the field and do something cool. And also Ben's chance to do awesome spy stuff. Even yeah. though Addison's like, oh, it's not that fun. She's like a buzzkill the whole time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I... You're probably going to get killed, you know. But at least, he, like you said, he knew where to go, because we had the hotel room key, and he almost immediately meets up with his superior in the CIA, Lou Diamond Phillips. Playing Shepard Barnes, station chief there in Cairo, who once
0: had a storied career as a field agent, but now is pretty much pushing pencils behind a desk. Mm Mm-hmm. Barnes encourages Ben to meet with this mysterious figure, and Ben ventures out into Cairo to start looking for this individual, and uh she finds him first. What I thought was a pretty fun reversal, even though it's pretty cookie-cutter, run-of-the-mill kind of. You think you're following the right guy in a crowd, and all of a sudden, whoop! Is that yeah. a knife in
1: your back? He's got Addison there and something in her military background's lead her to have an understanding of espionage and what ben should be looking for and where he should be going and everything is told in like glances right so he goes to this spot and he's looking for whomever it may be without even knowing what they look like and she just says look at that guy follow him did he know that he was looking for a guy with a pink kerchief did he See, these are the things I kind of miss with espionage stuff. These movies, I usually have to watch them two or three times to actually follow what's going on, you know? (laughs) So if that's the case, I didn't pick up on that, but they spotted him. I want to back up just a second, though, because as soon as he leaves Shepard Barnes and he realizes he's a spy, (laughs) (laughs) his one word is... Awesome,
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know? It is pretty badass. Like the words that Barnes leaves him with, make contact, follow your instincts, and call me after. We'll see if you save the world. Yeah. That's pretty baller. And hearing Lou Diamond Phillips say it, it's like, okay, I think I can do this. Right. It does sound pretty cool. It was cool. So he meets with this woman, Layla Adele, who claims to be an Egyptologist. And their initial interaction is fun because Ben suggests that he's got backup and her response is you don't have any backup because you honored my request not to bring any that was either very brave or very stupid and Ben's response is do I get to pick which (laughs) (laughs) and I was like okay this is good stuff right here
1: yeah yeah great great line Ben Ben's starting to feel pretty confident in most of his leaps I think yeah and rightfully so he's been doing it long enough now but to leap into a international spy, I mean, he couldn't know less about that. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but he's just like, all right, cool, I'm a spy. I'm going to go figure this out. Fortunately, he's learned how to throw a punch. Yeah. Because
0: that does come back. That comes into play for sure. He's so overwhelmed by how cool the situation is. That he doesn't really consider how out of his element he is.
1: That's a much better way to put it, yeah.
0: Until much later in the episode where it feels like everything has fallen apart. And he suddenly realizes maybe this was all just a huge mistake. Right. But Addison and Team Quantum Leap quickly come to the realization that Layla is actually a spy named Nomad whose identity was never known and most analysts think was a myth. Right. In our intelligence agencies. So already they have figured out okay, this woman was this spy nomad.
1: And right. well, that's where Addison seems to know a lot about this kind of stuff. So I don't know if she was an analyst or what she actually did in the military. Right. But obviously it has some covert applications. You
0: know what it reminds me of? I just think of Buster Bluth on Arrested Development. Oh. I got this in army, mom. And it's just like army is treated as this blanket term. It's like a place you go. It's a thing yeah. you do. It's a like a camp. It's like how Ken says his job is beach in the Barbie movie. <laughs> Addison's job is army.
1: It can be applied to so many different things. She right. understands it's, battleships and It's a espionage. noun. It's a
0: verb. It's an adjective. Every part of speech. Nomad, Layla, well, she wants to get out of Cairo. She wants to leave her life behind and seek refuge in the United States. As a show of good faith, she's going to hand over the mole that's working in the CIA's Cairo branch. And she says, I'm going to lead you to him and you can get pictures of him. Barnes says, no, 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 I want a recording of him. Right. Pictures aren't enough. Barnes wants to hear the bastard on tape, but it does lead to some complications later on. But the most complicating thing for Ben is that wouldn't you know it Ben's in Cairo, he's at this hotel, and there's an international convention of applied science going on at this hotel in Cairo. What are the odds? What are the odds? But Hannah Carson comes strolling all in, in
1: 1960s outfit, with with the 1960s hair. And And how good was that introduction, too? God, it's great. Like, they just get them straight together. Like he sees her, I love it. I. She love sees it.
0: him. He immediately moves a newspaper over his eyes, and she comes over to him and says, "Ben, is that you?" Yeah. And and then I was like, "Come on!" But immediately she says, "You have no idea how many people I've said that to over the last six years." And I was like, <laughs> "There you go. That's yeah. it. She's you know, just... it's a moment I needed to hear her say." And of course, she has exactly. You know? Like, what a loon. Because here's the thing. Here's the truth about Hannah Carson. And I know this is Hollywood and this is a TV show and everyone on TV is attractive. But Hannah Carson is a very fetching woman. And of course a lot of guys cast glances her way and look at her. Longingly, I
1: would say. Probably, yeah. So I don't think it's uncommon for her to have to ask if it's Ben. (laughs) Just that one little line opens up a big tapestry of her entire last six years yes. that she's constantly been looking for him or expecting that she'll run into him again. And you can just picture her anytime she's getting a weird look for somebody or uh, some kind of vibe. She double checks. Is this Ben? Like she is totally sold on the whole time traveler thing. And And why wouldn't she be? I mean, after that last interaction with him, because I'm sure when he leaped out of McCoy, exactly what he said was going to happen happened. And McCoy didn't remember anything. And, sure, you know, she's got all the evidence in the world. So, yeah, here's a person that is aware that time travel exists. And there's this guy out there leaping into people's lives. How do you live with yourself for six years knowing that kind of thing? But it's also, like, super
0: efficient storytelling in two ways. One, it cuts right to the chase with the two of them. The two of them sit down and immediately start putting their heads together about this leap, one. And two, we don't need to have meticulously seen what Hannah did over the last six years. Right. The one line and the fact that she's at this conference do the work for us, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we're immediately caught up and... It's great seeing this from Ben's perspective because it's so obvious why you would fall for this. Right. Why this becomes, I am in love with this woman, because we're seeing everything he's seeing. From his perspective, a guy who's just bouncing around through time, who admits in this episode what we observed a couple episodes ago, he doesn't get to make these human connections. He doesn't have a family anymore. He just meets people and then he moves along. It's really something special for him. To have somebody to share this adventure with.
1: Yeah. And she recognizes it too. Sure. She is somehow very sympathetic to what he's going through. And her perspective on what he does from the outside makes him change his feelings about what he's been doing for the last however long it's been. There's this great line when you talk about interpersonal relationships for Ben, she talks about maybe home is people. Did you make note of that line?
0: 100%. She's got so many good lines. Oh, she's got so many good ones, yeah. In
1: that scene
0: specifically. Ben, I know you had a life before, but now you're a nomad. And for a nomad, the only home is people. Yeah. We bring that nomad thing back together,
1: right? Yeah, and a double meaning for the title. Yep. I mean, how smart is that? They do so well at drawing a connection between these two people. What is it about Ben that she loves so much? Is it the mystery of the science behind being able to time travel? Is it magical to her in that regards? Is it the adventure that she had with him?
0: I think it's twofold. I do think it's the exotic nature of it, but Mm -hmm. I think as it relates to her, she's the only person on Earth in this time who knows who Ben is. Yeah. Right? That has to feel special. The other aspect of it is that if it weren't for Ben... Hannah would still be serving coffee at a diner in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, he already
1: helped her out. He changed her life
0: forever. Yeah. And there's something about that purely selfless act that put her on a completely different trajectory. Yeah. She sees him doing all of these good things, and how can you not fall for that?
1: Yeah, she really puts him up on a pedestal, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the... Glowing adjectives she uses for him this episode. Really pretty spectacular. But it?
0: she doesn't limit those glowing reviews to him. She also, at one point, suggests, so I'm the universe's
1: gift for a job well done. <laughs> yeah, good for her. That was great. That good was for great. her. Yeah, it really was. And one of the things that came into my mind, and I don't know if it crossed yours, Oh, she has another wonderful line about having... Perhaps the opportunity of living one wonderful week across her lifetime with him.
0: That was the one I was suggesting back at the beginning of the episode. The the line that sort of ties the whole thing together for me is that from her perspective, she might spend seven days with him
1: her whole life. From Ben's understanding of how leaping works, he wouldn't expect that he'd ever see her again. And three times is already a huge abnormality to the way things are supposed to work. But what crossed my mind, and let me know if it crossed yours, is Hannah Carson has been waiting for Ben for six years. Addison wouldn't last. (laughs) Addison wouldn't wait three years. Yeah, and they spent more
0: than two days together.
1: Right, right. That's the thing. It's like, okay, she thought he was dead and gave a eulogy, And okay, I I understand that. And we do. And she's off the hook if she really, truly believed he was dead. But it's not like they found a body. There's no real reason to believe that he's dead. He's just not here. Right. He's out there. Ian never gave up. You know, even after the eulogy, Ian was still looking. That's true. That's true. And yeah, uh, so Hannah's Hannah's waiting six years to maybe bump into him again.
0: Yeah. What do you got to say about that, Addison? You know, now that you mention it, I'm kind of surprised. Oh, I'm not surprised because this episode is functioning in a different way. I think we're over that guilt trip period of Ben and Addison's relationship. I kind of wish he had made a comment about it because it is kind of funny to...
1: It would be really jabbing and not friendly.
0: It's not helpful. No. It would really not be helpful at this point, especially considering that they just got back together as Hologram and Leaper. Mm -hmm. And that also is one of my favorite parts of this episode is the interplay between Ben and Addison and things feel different, but in a way that's a lot more playful and fun and not, oh, woe is me. My boyfriend is gone. None of that sort of stuff. We see a different side of their relationship here. And I think it mostly works.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's starting to turn a corner. Mm -hmm. But there's still that lingering aspect of their former relationship. Last week, what we were thinking was, okay, well, this is done and their relationship is moving on and turning into this other thing. And that's probably what the writers wanted in the first place. This episode kind of drops you back in the notion that, well, maybe Addison's not over Ben and not quite ready to commit to Tom. Even though he's such a great guy, this time She's
0: given a moment early in this episode that sort of forces her to start thinking in these terms. And forces us to start observing her in these terms. Where she discovers a ring in the cabinet and thinks, oh my god, is Tom about to
1: propose to me? Now, Mm -hmm. I saw that ring and I immediately thought, oh, that's his dead wife's. (laughs) (laughs) That crossed my mind as well because who hides the engagement ring in the kitchen? It's not a great place to hide. In the (laughs) the junk drawer in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you put stuff you want to pawn. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's yeah, right, right. I mean, honestly, that kind of thing stays in your sock drawer or something. You know what I mean? But yeah, either way, the seed is planted and she's drawn to either commit to Tom, who she says she's happy with, while still missing Ben. Missing Ben, having concerns, and and love for Ben. And Um, seeing Ben start to move on. She does struggle with that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So there's some fun moments mixed in with all of this. Because, of course, the first person she tells about the ring is Ian. (laughs) And they're sitting there chattering about it. Yeah, and now Ian's, we're getting Ian's, towards Jen's one really good line. <laughs> this is it. Yes, here we come. Uh, so Addison has mixed feelings about it. Jen comes walking up. What are you two whispering about? And then simultaneously, Ian's like, you. And Addison's like, magic. <laughs> <laughs> Which was great. And I, I love that Ian said, you. <laughs> like... <laughs> That was wonderful. And then Jen says, deception noted.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, deception noted. Yeah.
0: Great line. Great moment.
1: Yeah, good delivery. This was one of my more favorite Jen moments. She also isn't dying to know what it was. She could care less. She's just like, by the way, we know where Ben is. The leap's starting. Right. I thought that was really great. I mean, knowing what we know about Jen, I'm sure that's all going to circle back around and she's going to prod Ian about what it was because they're both gossip hounds. I don't know that we'll get that because the, the no, ring No, we won't actually is, see it, but if we know Jen, I mean, come on.
0: The ring is absolutely a red herring as we find out oh, for sure. later in the episode. So this all sets up Addison to being kind of an interesting place as she... Meets, quote unquote, Hannah Carson for the first time. Mm -hmm. They have some fun back and forth, even though Hannah can't see or hear her.
1: I love how willing Hannah is to meet other people that are in Ben's life. If I had the option to meet somebody from
0: the future, I'd be all about it.
1: Right. But there's just something about the majesty that she's looking at this with. (laughs) And, of course, she doesn't know where Addison is, so when she stands to introduce herself, she's just kind of staring off into nowhere. She looks like Stevie Wonder. You remember when SNL did that commercial of him using that (laughs) Polaroid camera
0: on the tennis court? (laughs) Right. That's what it's like. Not quite sure where to stand or where to look here.
1: It's really sweet, and there's a moment, obviously, when he goes to introduce them, and Ben doesn't quite know what to call Addison. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This is Addison Augustine. Uh, my only link to where I'm from. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. She seems a little deflated. Like okay. Like, like that's, that's the way you're gonna describe me. That's what I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess Jen initially says, "Hey, this leap may require two people. Maybe that's why the accelerator brought them together."
0: Addison's the one that keeps talking about the Accelerator. She mentions it again, and I hate it. I know it's like nails on chalkboard every time I hear it. Addison mentions, like, are we sure this leap isn't about Hannah? And if it isn't, then why does the Accelerator keep having them meet? And I was like, jealous.
1: (laughs) Jealous much? (laughs) I also thought it was neat that they checked again to make sure she wasn't a leaper. Yes. You know what I mean? Right. Ian was like... You know, Ziggy still says she's not a leaper. This is not randomly happening. Twice is a coincidence, right? Right, exactly. Three times is a pattern. Exactly. So
0: something is going on here.
1: Yeah. Addison is forced to suggest to Ben that this is a two-person leap and that Hannah may be there to help them. And he says, Addison just... (laughs) Just said, I might get the help of a beautiful woman. Alone, I look suspicious,
0: but if I'm with a beautiful woman, I'll look like I'm on holiday. And Addison's like, Did I? I think
1: I I said beautiful. Another great moment. And then Hannah says something to the effect of, You think I'm beautiful? And he's like, Well, all right, let's move on. (laughs) It's great. It's great.
0: Because much as I love Hannah and Ben's interactions and Ben's and Addison's interactions, the three of them together are great. That's a good mixture. It avoids that typical tired love triangle trope. There's no point in the episode where I'm thinking Ben's trying to make a choice between the two of them. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. This is two adults, Addison and Ben, who are being realistic and coming to terms with the reality of what their relationship is now. And then Hannah, who is the new girl. Has no idea. yeah, Yeah, even if she's a little jealous... Addison's not catty. She's very straightforward. It's clear to me that Addison really does want Ben to be happy. Right. And thinks he deserves a break. Such a refreshing dynamic.
1: You're not wrong. It is good. The only little bit of that triangle you get is the uncertainty that Addison clearly is playing with here. So, you yeah. Know, she probably had the safety blanket of knowing that Ben was never going to be with anybody. Right. As long as he's leaping through time, he's never going to find a relationship. What do you mean you got a new girlfriend? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But the way she comes out of the imaging chamber when she kind of realizes what's going on there is heartbreak, sort of. A little bit, yeah. If she wasn't overwhelmed with emotion on that, she wouldn't have run out of there. Right. Another great job by Caitlin Bassett. Yeah, I think She's it's I think it's wonderful pretty understated. Subtlety, yeah. yeah wonderful subtle. subtlety, yeah. yeah. So Hannah and Ben
0: team up for this leap, and they pose as a couple on their honeymoon, and they're sitting at a cafe across the street from this <laughs> place where this meet is supposed to go down. And Ben is supposed to take photographs, but is now going to try to bug and record the conversation that Layla has with this mole, and the honeymoon dialogue is hammy they're doing something i love to see actors do and that is they're- deliberately <laughs> act badly i raymond lee am a good actor ben song is not a good actor <laughs> you know right. so exactly. it's like I-, I love stuff like that
1: yeah they just throw themselves into it right they're both good at it because it's like you said hammy not at all believable until it is right And all of a sudden, Hannah is actually being real and refers to him as the (laughs) adventure of her lifetime. Yeah. If you're any
0: man and a woman refers to you as the adventure of her lifetime,
1: game, set, and match, man. You're done. (laughs) And of course, that's immediately interrupted with Ben, you bugged the wrong shop. Ben is distracted, so he misses Layla going
0: into the shop and then has to be told he bugged the wrong shop and they have to go through a fun little game where Ben sneaks in, where the meat's going down, and tries to bug it. But Hannah creates a fun diversion. She's a and better she's actor. A, Hannah yeah, suddenly a she's an amazing than actress.
1: Song is. <laughs> <laughs> right, but she's putting on a character with a Southern accent. Yeah, and a as dumb hysterical
0: Southern woman. One, we've got Hannah Carson.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> But it's a great, fun scene with just some quirky spy kind of stuff in it. Ben does yep. get the recording and delivers it to Barnes, who is immediately... I loved his response. I can't believe Palmer's a traitor. Son of a... Like, we don't know who Palmer is, but I love that his,
1: yeah, his response. Yeah, he does.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like, that. that fucker, you know, like, <laughs> like... It's great. We buy it. Barnes says, yeah, we're going to get... Layla out. The leap's pretty much over at this point, and it's only about the 20-minute mark of the episode. And we're like, okay, cool. Things came together pretty easily on this one, right? Right. Although we soon find out that Layla has been intercepted by nefarious forces because Barnes apprehended the mole, gave them up, and... Mm -hmm. And blew their cover. And blew their cover, and Layla is dead. This was was a really interesting scenario. It's a question we have asked since the original series, right? What happens if you fail a leap so miserably? We know what we're told happens. You're stuck. You don't leap. You're done. Even last week, all you got to do is get to those signposts and you leap. If you don't get to the signpost, you don't leap. (laughs) Right. And so to say that Ben takes this hard is an understatement because now, for all he knows, he's stuck.
1: It's almost a little bit like source code. We were talking about he's basically basically just living this other guy's life now. Right. Remember the end of source code? Yeah, yeah. He basically yeah. takes over this guy's body and now he is that person. <laughs> How do you deal with living this life? Like that person has a life. They know people. But for Ben, he feels stranded there. And as much as you would think Hannah would be happy about that, and she is to a degree that they get to spend the time together, but she's also crestfallen about his having to stop this grand mission that he's on. Yes. And this is where we get to what I was driving at with the perspective that she has on his existence. She feels like maybe she got in the way of him doing all of these wonderful acts and this amazing mission that he has. And Ben tells her he doesn't see it that way or he never had. Yeah. And I was
0: thinking during this scene where it's probably the best scene of the whole episode, honestly. And one of the best scenes of the entire quantum leap series. We were talking a few weeks ago about the difference between Sam leaping and Ben leaping and what prompted them to begin this process and how do they both view this Sam by the end of quantum leap if not sooner sees this as his life's mission I am here to leap I am here to keep helping people and Ben his whole motivation was selfish right it wasn't necessarily selfless reasons that compelled him to get into the accelerator even though he might consider them that way Like, Mm -hmm. he got an accelerator to save Addison because he wanted to be with Addison. Right. Right? So, what Ben says is that he never saw this as something great. I saw it as some kind of trial or a curse. Maybe
1: that's what I did wrong. Right. He failed because he wasn't looking at it with the right objective. Right. Right. I mean, it's poignant in terms of the narrative of the show. Yep. Is he going to look at this completely different moving forward? Sort of perspective, I
0: don't think Ben could have reached without completely believing that he had failed. You're just (laughs) going through this, and then suddenly things don't work out,
1: and you don't succeed, and you're like, oh my God, what have I been doing? This new outlook on what leaping is... Seems to coincide with something pretty big at the end of the episode. Right. Yeah. I don't know if we're ready to get there yet. I don't Um, think so. I think all of that is connected. Exactly. It's a very good thread, a very good narrative thread going through this story. One of the things that I really like about this Ben and Hannah relationship, I love most of what they did with it in this episode. The one thing that I kind of feel like was missing is I really like it when they nerd out about science. (laughs) And this was all super espionage which neither of them really have any kind of background in or understanding of, but she's at an applied science convention. And she just sits out the whole thing. (laughs) She sits out the whole thing to to be a... A secret
0: agent with her time-traveling boyfriend.
1: (laughs) Right, right. I mean... It's fun. I mean,
0: it's a a recipe to fun... And it keeps things from getting stale with the two of them. I think their third date
1: things In are already of, getting stale.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, you go out, you you have dinner, you see a movie. You gotta you gotta shake it up on that third date. If you if you're like, well, we could go to another movie, eh, you're out. You know, you gotta gotta shake things up a little bit. Well, it so. is
1: kind of a retread from their second date when they were fighting when Nazis. They fought Nazis. Yeah, that,
0: that was another great line. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's just full of great lines. She asked when they first meet. Who are you here to help? And he says, an East German spy. In fact, now that I think about it, this leap is pretty dangerous. And it's like that moment where it's like he hasn't thought about anything about how awesome all of this seems. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, I could be killed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but was that because he suddenly had the idea of putting her in the middle of all that? And suddenly now it's too dangerous. I don't know that that had occurred to him yet. I I think it was purely like, actually, now that I'm saying this out loud, it sounds pretty dangerous, you know? yeah and she says more dangerous than when we were taking on the nazis
0: i'm so scared Ooh, the germans
1: right yeah yeah that's fun
0: i don't think that it even occurred to him at this point that she would be involved in whatever he needed to do there it was just like hey here's my girlfriend again
1: (laughs) well speaking of boyfriend girlfriend are we to surmise that the two of them spent an evening together
0: No, I don't think they did at all. You don't think so? I don't think so. Nope. Because Ben actually rebuffs her a little bit. Says, I can't. But he does also say the line. He, he assures her that, like, they turn the imager off when they're not in the imaging chamber. Exactly. I'm like, I don't know about that, buddy. I think they're still watching on the TV out there.
1: Well, <laughs> we wouldn't really know. But what I found strange about that is when Addison comes back into the imaging chamber at one point, she's, she's got, got her eyes closed. Eyes closed yeah. And she's got to know what she's walking into. It's all over the monitors before she gets in there.
0: My thought is that if any hanky-panky occurred, we would have seen a little bit more skin. This is all very, very chaste, and it's only their third
1: date. I mean, like... <laughs> yeah, but for a lifetime where you're only going to spend a week with someone. That's true. You know? I mean, hey, I'm not saying I agree with him.
0: <laughs> I just <laughs> think that I did not get the impression that they spent that sort of quality time together. They did right. They did do all a right. lot of all smooching. Right. There's a lot of smooching involved, though. So that grosses you out. This is not your episode. (laughs) (laughs) But Addison observes that the Accelerator keeps putting them together because they're in love. And it's like, duh, Addison. You could say that without talking about the Accelerator doing this. But Magic gets another great magic scene Mm -hmm. where he delivers another just magic nugget of wisdom. Does Addison believe that Hannah and Ben are in love or does she really want to be off the hook for loving Tom instead of Ben? And Magic says we have to live the life in front of us. And Ben mm-hmm. echoes that later by saying, I've been living in the past and I have to start living. I have Look, to start moving forward, yeah, looking, start looking looking ahead. Forward. And when Magic said we have to live the life in front of us, I put in parentheses, yeah, Ben and Hannah are going to bone.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't think they did in
1: this episode. Some boning is inevitable. Well, I hope she sticks around. I mean, my fear is that she's just going to be a one-season... Kind of thing, but well, I'm a worried about that too. And one moment in particular
0: leads me to think that's where we're headed. It's been six years, and next time it will presumably have been however many years between 1961 and 1966 or 67 or whenever he sees her next, right? But right. if Ben is time traveling, then Hannah should be able to meet him out of sequence,
1: right? Yeah, right? I've talked I think about they, this have do do Song, they have to do that, right? they have to do that at some point.
0: I really, really want them to because I think that if you just have them meet each other sequentially, you run into a wall. And suddenly we've got Hannah at the beginning of her journey and Hannah at the end of her journey. And you can't have them meet again anywhere in the middle. Right. Right. So narratively, I really, really hope that they start playing with the time because Ben can leap to 62. He can leap back to 61. He can leap all over the place. And Hannah can be an ongoing concern in all of those timelines, right? But right. we have to come to a point where we can just say, Hannah has seen him multiple times. We don't have to go into detail about what those times were
1: like. I think that if you're writing a time travel show and you've got a relationship between a time traveler and somebody that's moving uh, forward, forward <laughs> just in Just one time. straight direction. Yeah. It, if you're writing a show like that, and don't think about putting them out of sequence, what are you doing? Right. It's bound to happen. It has to happen. Yes. You know, like, the next interaction between these two, Ben may have a heads up on her, because he already knows that they just spent two, three days together fighting spies in Egypt that she has no recollection of or doesn't know it's going to happen. And then, at that point... When she gets there, she will have had a different past (laughs) than she did when he interacted with her. Right, right. And you have to play with that. Yeah. Right? I mean, you have to. Yeah, 100%.
0: The only way in which they don't is if this is the only season in which Hannah appears. Right. Which I really sincerely hope is not the case. It's too fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Ben feels like he's failed. We get a really interesting scene back at the project where everybody also thinks Ben has failed. Tom is on his way back from D.C. He says not to tell anyone yet. Keep it under wraps. Magic wants to keep trying to find a way to get Ben home. He doesn't want to give up yet. But Tom is like, do not let the government or anybody else know that Ben failed or else they're going to shut this thing down. Addison observes that maybe this is how it all ended for Sam. Maybe 1961 is Ben's new home. A rare Sam name drop of course, I don't think she's right. <laughs> they don't have any idea. They don't know. They have no idea what happened to
1: him. It's a juxtaposition to what Hannah says. You know. Yes, she, right. Because Addison says, maybe this is what happened to Sam, but the implication is maybe this was Ben's destiny. Yes, right? right. And then Hannah says, I knew this wasn't your destiny. I think that's kind of telling as well.
0: Very cool. Very cool juxtaposition there. Yeah, because Ziggy, very quickly realizes, oh, wait, no, 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 no. Uh, Turns out Layla is still alive, and they do have a very small window of time to save her. Gotta admit, I was bummed by that for a second. Like, as I'm watching it, I was like, aw. Because this is such an interesting place to be, especially on a mid-season finale. Oh, we could have let him there, stranded at the end of this episode? Like, oh my God, what happens next, you know?
1: Yeah, I Um, guess that's, yeah. You could have done something like that.
0: But we still get great episode to follow, I think, you know, with what happens next. We get some really fun action chase scenes through a mosque as these 'er ne'er-do-wells are trying to locate and eliminate Layla. And Ben and Addison are racing through the mosque to try to head them off. Ben clocks one of them, and Addison says, I taught you that. And, of course, she did. Back in, someone up there likes Ben.
1: Yep, taught him uh, how to box.
0: Yep, I thought that was a nice, subtle callback. We didn't need any more than that. It's just like, yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> and then there's a, there's an old fake-out at the end when Ben and Hannah are outside the mosque and the bad guys catch up to them and think that they finally cornered Layla, but it's actually Hannah and Layla has gotten a chance to escape alongside Barnes, and they have a nice little scene driving off into the sunset together, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. A lot of just elements came together in a really, really satisfying way. I don't want to undersell, and I don't think I have, but I want to bring it up again, the cinematography in this episode. Just the shots in this episode are so sweeping and so Mm -hmm. epic that it assists the narrative immensely, I think. Sure, yeah. Everything here feels big, and the moments land so much heavier because just the scale and scope of this episode is so big.
1: You're in the desert, big, wide-open spaces. Like, you have to try and capture that, or you lose the entire setting. There are times, like, they're running around in the in the mosque where Layla was hiding, and there's great lighting and, and direction in that scene. But again, it's placed against these wide-open shots Just in the vistas, orange and yellows. Magnificent vistas, yeah. It's, it's really great. I mean, they put the effort in a sharp script with good actors. In fact, I think we left some meat on the bone when we were talking about magic's scene. Yes. Yeah. We can go back to that. We should, because I'm a little nervous that Ernie Hudson's going to fall into this role of, okay, here's the scene where we go to magic. And he's has a nugget of wisdom, right? You know, and he's going to have <laughs> one, like one, one day scene. We
0: just, we're just going to see him breaking open a fortune cookie before someone <laughs> walks through the door. <laughs>
1: yeah. Or like a Snapple cap. (laughs) (laughs) Snapple, made from the best stuff on Earth. (sighs) But yeah, I mean, this is twice now. It's been really, really good. I don't want to see it fall into a pattern where that's all we get from magic necessarily. But this kind of speech that he gives to Addison, is really very insightful. And just like last week, insightful to the viewer. Last week's, was very stoic, solid advice for anybody. And again, with the situation that Addison is facing, it's good advice that can be applied to just about anybody that's listening to the episode.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I made note of, you have to be true to your present, not some future you're wishing might happen. Yeah. Because waiting isn't living. Right? I mean, yeah,
0: get busy living or get busy dying. That's y-
1: yeah. You know, <laughs> waiting isn't living. I thought that was. Yeah, it's great. It's it's a really, really great line. And on a smaller note, the scene opens with having had Addison just say the accelerator was bringing these two together. Mm-hmm. The scene opens with magic saying, so you think some force is bringing these two together? Yes, And I'm like, yes, some force. Thank you, Magic. We don't know what's really going on here, but it's certainly not that dumb machine. <laughs> well, and of course, Hannah
0: drops the F word, too. And by that, I mean fate. Yeah. There's a lot of different things here. And I would like to start tracking who says the accelerator is doing things a little more regularly.
1: Well, it's you know, definitely
0: Jen. Jen says it. I feel like Magic has said it before. Probably. Maybe but i want to start paying a little bit closer attention to that because that may be something we're starting to parse out based on personality. It could be because maybe people people who have a more grounded realistic vision of what the world is and how it works, like somebody like Addison, may look at this and think there is a rational, mechanical technological, or scientific yeah. technological explanation for what's
1: happening here and maybe they're
0: a bit less inclined to believe in the supernatural,
1: right? Whereas magic has already had this experience in the reverse, you yeah. know, and yeah. knows that that experience that he lived had nothing to do with any kind of technology that he was aware of at the time. Right. It's not like there's some machine that's involved in the process. The leap, it's happening by itself now. That's one of the things that I kind of wondered about when they refer to the accelerator doing it, was every time Ben leaps... The accelerator turns on and those big knobs start spinning or the, you know, like it does It does the one leap, right? It gets you
0: going. I think of it like the trigger on a pinball machine. Yeah. I don't have to keep pulling
1: that thing. I just have to launch the ball. Right. That's all I got to (laughs) do. Right. And then the rest
0: does its thing.
1: Right. Well, when you turn on the quantum leap accelerator and you get in and you leap, the machine back in 1994 or... 2022 or whatever it happens to be it's not like the machine turns on every time they leap to the next life yeah i mean that's just happening so i don't understand like they're searching for a viable explanation and this is the best explanation they've got right right and they may just be talking about the accelerator as god fader time the force that started this whole thing but even Ben refers to it as though it has motivations. Powers. <laughs> yeah. Thinking and choosing sides. And I mean, it, it's not sentient. Do they think it's sentient? I, I, don't,
0: Maybe. I don't get it. <laughs> no. I, I, if, if we don't think Ziggy is sentient, then uh, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, well, she's lost her voice, certainly.
0: That's true. she do a little squealing in this episode, though, when she figured out that Layla was still alive.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: (laughs) And Magic was like, what is that? Like, you guys work here. You never hear that noise. (laughs) (laughs) So the day is saved, and we get another really great Ben and Hannah scene at the end of this episode. Where Hannah says, and this is another great line I love, promise me you'll find me next time. I don't want to keep going up to strangers.
1: Yeah. That makes me feel like we're going to see her again very, very soon. That was the moment where I really started to think about the fact that this young lady waited six years for the chance to just meet this person again. Yeah. And Addison couldn't wait three. Well, so it's no doubt because Hannah drops the L word next. Yeah.
0: I love and He you. doesn't say it. He does he not say it. Say it, it. Ben Ben's Song has his own I know moment. Doesn't say anything in response. But what can he say to that? You know, for right. all Ben knows, this is the last time they were going to see each other. I'm sure Ben is afraid to invest himself in that, especially after just being hurt. Yeah. Yeah. We know he feels it. He doesn't have to say it, but I know there's hesitation to say that word on his behalf, just given who he is, what he's doing, and what he's just experienced.
1: Yeah. Well, as much as I'm painting Addison in kind of a bad light by saying she couldn't wait three years, Ben is a guy who was engaged to someone probably a few weeks ago. If and has fallen, <laughs> fallen head over heels in love with another woman. Yeah. So, Ben's just one of those guys. All you got to do is smile, <laughs> and the work is done. It's television time, not real time. Of course, but of course. If you think about it in terms of three, four leaps ago, you were broken hearted and angry about your fiance, and I just hope Hannah's not a rebound. <laughs> <laughs>
0: One funny line about four or five leaps ago, Addison, Egypt, this is amazing. You've never leapt out of the country before, Ben. Mm. Well, actually, I did. You just all thought I was dead.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and he got through that leap just fine with no help. Yeah. How about that? How about that? Well, he needed a lot of help on this one. Oh, yeah, for sure. Couldn't have done this one alone. No.
0: So then we got the last big moment, of course, the lingering thread from this episode is, what about that ring in... uh, the cabinet in Tom's kitchen. And it definitely isn't something Tom's intending to give to Addison tonight, because even though he sure looks like he's about to propose, he actually turns around and grabs a file folder out of the bag. He just brought back from DC. Addison's like, just baffled. Like what the fuck is this? She spent the yeah. whole episode talking herself into accepting that ring. And now right. Well, did she get there? I don't know if she got there, but she was getting close. Like, I feel because like she had come to terms with the fact that it's okay for her to be happy and it's okay for Ben to be happy and it's okay for them to still love each other, too. I don't
1: know. I wasn't sure I was... Well, yeah, that part. But I feel like there's some unresolved issues there Well, we got still plenty because, of room for it now. <laughs> yeah, because Ian points out that she doesn't seem overly excited by this and when she's trying to convince Magic... That she is happy. She's also kind of trying to convince herself. She's clearly troubled by the idea that there's another woman that loves Ben. Yeah. Uh, you know? I think I'd... it's
0: natural. I think most well, of what of she's course going it through is. is natural. I just, I also don't think, and I got to believe the writers share this feeling. I don't think any of us want to see Ben and Addison back together again.
1: No. I, well, but we like seeing it drawn out, don't we? Oh, yeah. Well, we got again, we got space for that. I mean, yeah, that's why we can't just make a definitive. Okay, they're apart now. And I
0: think that had Tom proposed to her at the end of this episode, she would have said yes. And I'm not thinking from a storytelling perspective or whatever. I'm thinking the character was at a point where she would have probably said yes. But that's neither here nor there. I love Tom's the words and everything he says going up to this point because he's I love you. I think we can get through anything together. You're my rock. I want to share my file folder with you about this stuff that I brought back from a decommissioned yeah. DARPA project, you know?
1: Yeah the, first time, yeah, the first time I heard that, I was like, what a non-sequitur. Yeah. But Tom's the second like time, oblivious. <laughs> well, the second time I watched it, though, it made a little more sense because I think the point of what he brought back is evidence that may help them actually bring ben home right so he's prefacing the fact that i'm gonna be okay with this guy being back in your life yes because i think we can survive anything together it recasts all that dialogue you know yeah it does it's It's great but yeah so what was in the file folder
0: i will tell you that it's definitely the work of hannah carson 100 percent Whatever's in that file folder is something that Hannah Carson had a hand in when she worked for decades in the field of applied sciences.
1: Yeah, that sounds absolutely no questions. That sounds pretty sharp. Yeah,
0: and it's cool. It's it's a really cool angle to take, and so. You mentioned that the ending draws Ben's sort of realization of what this mission has meant to him so far versus what it could mean in the future into sharp contrast because now perhaps Hannah did figure out how to get him home at some point in the future and is Ben going to choose to do that or not? Right. It was a great, great ending to a great episode. I think back to some of the quote-unquote cliffhangers of especially the first season, and just think, mm-hmm. man, some of those just landed like a thud.
1: And well, we had a couple <laughs> this season that even did that. Oh yeah, when yeah. trying to I don't know if the cliffhangers
0: these... ended like a thud, but the certainly the outcomes of them did.
1: <laughs> Episode two was so deflating. Yeah, really led you to believe that this season is going to go in all the wrong directions, and. As much as that 2026 storyline is doing its best to derail everything, on the whole thus far, it's a much better show. Oh,
0: yeah, 100%. And I think we have a clear vision of who Hannah is and how Hannah's is going to impact his life in the long run at this point yeah. than we do about Martinez. And the mystery of Martinez was great, but the payoff wasn't as great. No, the payoff
1: was horrendous. I
0: just think that if they stick the landing with this whole Hannah Carson storyline, this is a great, great time travel story.
1: I want to see it drawn out longer than just season two. You know, it's like there are shows that have characters and the actor ends up being so good or so popular that the creators just have to keep them on. Aaron Paul comes to mind in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Jesse character was meant to last, I think, two or three episodes. And Aaron Paul was just knocking it out of the park. And every interaction that he had with Walter White was fire. Right. And that's what made the show. <laughs> yeah. And we can't let this go by the wayside. Yeah. We've got to change course in order to let this continue to work. Yeah. And I'd really love to have. Hannah around in whatever capacity they can find for her like how old is she in 2026 uh
0: really is she even alive really what? old
1: yeah she'd be <laughs> she'd what? be
0: at least in her 90s yeah it's not outside the realm of possibility absolutely and again this shadowy figure that Ian's girlfriend works for maybe it's Hannah
1: who knows the employer yeah. Her employer. I don't feel like that would work,
0: because (laughs) if everyone knows who the employer is, wouldn't they just be like, oh, shit, it's Hannah, you know? Yeah, right. Like, oh, Hannah Carson. Yeah, we know her.
1: Well, Um, we know her. I can't believe it. They've got a real Captain America, Peggy Carter thing going on. Yes,
0: that's a really good comparison. Yes. Yeah. Not to mention the chemistry of those two actors. Like, the the two of them together, it's just it's so engaging it's so much fun to watch and they both sell it
1: New Quantum Leap has taken on We're Not Gonna Be Your Old Show yes yeah it took me a little longer than you I think to uh, actually deal with the fact that I'm not just getting my old show back (laughs) sure but you know for me it was such a terrible finale season one I mean we graded it as C yes yeah like this is something I've finally become kind of engaged in, and I think it's the part of me that likes romantic movies, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And they're going down that road, and it, it's finding its own voice. I want to see that continue to improve. Yeah, absolutely. And it, on that journey, when they find stuff
0: that clicks, stuff that works, I want to believe they're going to stick with it, right? And, and, stick with And it, Hannah and Ben are like, we're here for it, you know?
1: Right. We want to see that relationship evolve, right? I I mean, I don't want to just see them every episode. It's, oh, we've seen each other again and goodbye. Oh, our hearts will long for each other until we see each other again. Will we ever see each other? You know, like right now, I'm loving that. I'm loving that right now. Over the long haul, I want to see it evolve into what does a relationship like this look like? How does him leaping around affect her life. If he meets her again in the past, it affects what they do in the future. You know, that's what
0: makes me concerned.
1: They don't want to make it messy. Maybe. Yeah. But I think you can tell a story
0: where they meet out of sequence without making it messy. You just have to have, you can these moments that are like the big important moments that are kind of inflexible. Mm -hmm. and then play within that without doing anything so severe that would drastically alter the timeline later on, right?
1: Right. But, I mean, if he sees her prior to this in the timeline, everything we just watched couldn't have happened that way. Right.
0: She wouldn't have said the things she said to him. She would, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: It couldn't play out the same. So, But I think you just
0: avoid that by avoiding dialogue like that,
1: you know, (laughs) later on. Yeah, hopefully, and it could be that the accelerator won't let that happen. Also true. I also think we're going to get to a point
0: with her where Ben leaps in, and she's already there. Like she has, in some way, devised a method to track where he's going to be, and it's just well, there you said
1: that. You've said that a couple of times yeah. now. In fact, you said that there is no chance that it would be random this time. And that she was almost 100% following him.
0: Well, the accelerator did the work. I guess I just didn't have enough faith in the uh, machine.
1: (laughs) It's just my opportunity to use the wrong buzzer. (laughs) (laughs) Nonetheless, Nomad, what a great follow-up. So we're looking at SOS. We're looking at It's Been a Long Time. Or what is it called? Uh, It Took a Long Time. It's Been Too Long it that the title of the episode? <laughs> it's been too long since we looked at this. <laughs> uh, this Took Too Long is the title of the this episode. This Took Yeah, so we're looking at uh, SOS, This Took Too Long, and Nomad. Probably the top three. Probably the top three? Yeah, I think so. Is this your new number one for the season? I think it's my new number
0: one. Certainly my new number one for this season. I think it's my new number one really? overall.
1: And More than the first one.
0: Yeah, I got to say, like, I mean, again, like, I think that it had everything in it. The Martinez stuff was great in SOS, and that's kind of that subtle little mystery jab at the end there. I think the, mm-hmm. the little stinger at the end of this episode is also really great. And I think that moment where Tom is like, look at this file I have, if we're right about the contents of the file, it really does dovetail from this episode, right? Right. So I think not only is this maybe my favorite episode so far, but I think it might, once we get to the end of whatever this storyline is, might also get a little bit better. Yeah. So.
1: Look at you, you're such a romantic.
0: uh, Yeah, well that's what this episode did to me, guys. (laughs)
1: just just a heart it melted my heart of steel (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like we said this is the mid-season finale and we're going into a stretch here of no quantum leap yeah we're gonna be nomads Um, ourselves in the land of entertainment
0: uh in a barren desert just like ben's song was at the beginning of this week's episode but look at you (laughs) <laughs> we do have some treats coming up, the first of which is going to be a special delivery for you guys on Christmas
1: morning, I guess, right? Yeah. Christmas happens to fall on a Monday, and we're trying to get our episodes out every uh, Monday morning. So hopefully we'll have something for you Christmas Day. Yeah, so so Christmas uh, morning. Waiting under the tree. When you wake
0: up and you're like, I didn't get what I wanted, and I don't want to see these people anymore, don't worry, we got you covered. We'll you'll have about a you know 70-minute episode talking about uh, Quantum Leap for you.
1: After that, we'll probably go bi-weekly, I would think.
0: Yes, yeah, I think I think we'll do one every two weeks until uh, hopefully by the end of January.
1: And we talked a little bit about the things that we could do. There's some original series episodes that seem to mirror some of the things they've done this season. Yep. That we were going to go back and look at some of those as a comparison and just kind of see how they relate and uh, you know, some other things up our sleeve.
0: Absolutely, guys. Hopefully you'll be entertained and if we run across some things that maybe you haven't watched in a while or haven't watched it at all we'll uh help guide you like uh I don't know like some kind of well meaning well intentioned hologram <laughs> in the right direction
1: okay but <laughs> folks
0: snazzy dresser was the thing I was looking for a snazzily dressed hologram. <laughs> So, folks, remember to subscribe to the feed so you never miss an episode and uh, be sure to review and tell all your Quantum Leap loving buddies about it. And you can subscribe through our dedicated feed. You can also subscribe through the Paprika feed. Nate, the big final draft of Paprika has dropped. Mm -hmm. We actually released the podcast before the voting started this time, which was uh, something we kind of decided to do. We didn't usually do that. But uh, it was a blind draft going in. None of us knew what the topic was going to be until we sat down in front of the mic and uh, it ended up being a sitcom draft. So we were all sitting there live as we're recording, struggling to come up with lists of sitcoms, drafting one by one in a snake order. And uh, we ended up with some pretty interesting and eclectic lists with some real perennial favorites on it. But uh, Paprikans gonna Paprik, as we say. Over <laughs> is that what we say that's what we say on paprika man all right to paprik means that you have made a questionable choice with limited information uh, that's my okay. personal definition for it i don't know uh we're also available on youtube in an audio format you can like comment and subscribe there got any good cookie recipes i could use some it's christmas, christmas time. cookies Oh boy, qlpod at gmail.com is that address. You can find us on social media as well. I'm Captain Burn on Blue Sky and I am
1: at Action Nate on both Blue Sky and Threads. Oh, and
0: Threads. Yes, I'm also on Threads, so so head over there as well. Um, <laughs> and folks, that's all we got for you this week. Until next time, I'm Brian and I'm Nate. Nate, will you be my hologram? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, if you ever step in an accelerator, I'm there for you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime... Oh, yeah, okay. We'll be in the waiting waiting room. room. Yeah, sure. (laughs)